0: on the rebound, and the Panthers win it in overtime. 2
1: 1 the final.
0: Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Essex ends it
1: straight ahead. Barkov has room, cruises in Barkov, makes a move, he scores.
0: Here are your hosts, Jameson Olive and Doug Plagans.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Territory Talk. I'm your host Jamison Olive. Doug Plagan's on the road with the Florida Panthers. So you know what that means. Today, I am joined by Pete Rossi. Pete, how's it going? It's going good. Happy
2: to be back. I, uh, I felt a little left out last week's uh, episode with uh, Just Blaylock. I I wanted to talk about my Christmas presents, but uh, no. It was, it's it's great to be back. And uh, I, uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate that I come on whenever Doug is is on the road with the team because we do miss Doug. But uh, um, you know, it's just it's just fun just sitting down with you talking talking Panthers hockey it's it's the highlight of my week every week so
1: <laughs> yeah we'll have to get another 3 man episode going again <laughs> to me you and Doug but um Pete obviously a lot of here to get to today but specifically just going back to that game last night against the St. Louis, Louis Blues Panthers up one nothing Blues come back in the third score two goals in 11 seconds Panthers come back to eventually tied up at three three then obviously Braden Shan wins it at the end and th- this game obviously a really tough loss for the sort of Panthers you know not a lot of answers after the game but it's kind of just kind of encapsulates you know the Panthers struggles this season they've, they've had leads in so many games. They've had so many one-goal losses. And it's just a team that seems like really can't get over that hump right now. So just, Pete, kind of just looking at not only last night's game but just kind of this team as a whole right now. What's kind of going through your mind? Uh, Well, you know, last night's game really was, you could say, it was a microcosm
2: of really the season so far to this point uh for this team i mean th- there was there's flashes of brilliance um on the offensive side of the puck uh that you know, the first line was reunited for a bit with uh, barkov Dadonov and Huberto and you know he, barkov does what he does best you know along the boards chips it up to Huberto who's been on fire as of late and, and you know has got the slick hands in front but you know when you know when they went up one nothing you know they played a good road game for 40 minutes and and you know then the third period hits, and, and it seems just the same troubles. You know, keep rearing their 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 head for this team. It's the consistency, um, and that's what Bob Bugner, you know, is, is still trying to preach to these players: is that they need to find that consistency for a full sixty minutes. Um, you know, I thought in the third period, you know, despite being up one nothing, it, you didn't really feel that it was a one nothing lead. Uh, the cats were having trouble entering the blues zone the blues really took the game to them in the third period uh and then once they went down three to one you know they regrouped uh and they said you know hey we're down now we, we got to get things going and you saw as, as you alluded to you know i think it was a minute minute and change you know they scored two goals to come back and make it three three at that point you know they're probably just playing for a point in overtime but you know strange things happen and you know another one gets into the back of the net it's four three and That's the end of the game. But I think right now the main thing is the depth uh, of this team has has dried up a bit. You know, guys like Jared McCann, Frank Fertrano. These are guys you don't need to find the net. You know, the back of the net every night, but, you know, it, it, it's with this team as if it's not Barkov, Huberto, or Hoffman at this point, really nobody is finding the back of the net. Nice to get a goal last night from Mackenzie Weger his first of the season to get some, you know, But offense at the same time, there. like you said,
1: Weegs isn't a guy that we're counting out from, right. you know, maybe four goals this season. So uh, that's a bonus anytime you get an, uh, a goal from Mackenzie McKenzie, Weger. But just kind of going through what you said, I mean, the, the big guns have been, you know, playing playing their hearts out, out there. Barkov's putting up a ton of points. Dabnov, an, another goal, putting up a ton of points. Uh, Huberto obviously on this insane run uh, you know leads this team in points right now uh, Mike Hoffman t- leads this team in goals you know he's still doing his thing but then you know once you get to the bottom six especially you know without Troach now Jared McCann's sitting up to the top six uh, a lot of players moved around but just looking at the guys that are currently in the bottom six over the last nine games I mean by my count they've had one goal Colton Silver scored a goal other than that nothing on the second line Jared McCann's had three Frank Bertrano's had two those guys are producing like you said they don't need to be, produce as much as the top line but you know maybe a little bit more from those guys would be nice but from the bottom six. I mean, Troy Brower, I think has been fantastic. He had six goals earlier in the season, but he hasn't had one here in the still nine-game stretch. we would be loved to just get one more from him maybe to kind of spark things. Yuho Lamico so close so many times. Dryden Hunt, so close so many times. There's guys that are getting close, but they're just not, you know, getting over that hump and giving this team that extra goal when they need it. But... Overall, I don't think we can blame the offense too much. I mean, uh, obviously the Panthers right now—the power play is, you know, one of the best in the league. Uh, they have the tenth best offense in the league, three point two eight goals per game. Uh, the offense for the most part has been doing their job. Although, like we said, a lot of those goals have been coming on the power play. But Alexander Barkov's told me this before. He's told me this multiple times. In his mind, and this is coming from the best defensive forward in hockey, he says the best defense is a good offense. You know, the, the more time you're spending in the op- opposing zone, the less time they're spending in yours, and the less work you have to do actually on defense. And right now, the, the a lot of these forward lines just aren't, you know, established enough time in the zone, they're not pinning other teams down there long enough, they're not, you know, threatening long enough, and, you know, Bob Booner said as much uh, post game a lot of times, he's talked about, you know, the big guys carrying their weight, needing other guys to step up, he said it once again last night after the Blues game, and uh, right now I mean, looking at who could do that, friend of the show just, uh, you know, got his call-up, first initial call for Anthony Greco, joined the team the other day in St. Louis Bob Booner said he's probably going to play on Thursday in Minnesota, and given how, you know, the bottom six played in St. Louis, I would not be shocked if he does make his NHL debut in Minnesota, and he's a guy that, you know, we've had high hopes for for a couple seasons now, undrafted out of Ohio State. Uh, you know, it's been really good for the Springfield Thunderbirds now for just over two seasons, 12 goals uh, and 23 points this season, second on the team in scoring. Really earned that call up, you know, just like you, Lamico, Bob Booner talked about, you know, this guy punching his ticket, this guy earning a spot. He said when he called down there, the first name that came up when he asked for, you know, what forwards, you know, earned it and who's been playing best. You know, Anthony Greco's name was the uh, one that came up. So Pete, just kind of your thoughts here on Anthony Greco. Obviously, like we say, like, uh, this is a guy that's going to be playing in the bottom six. He, he, he does bring a lot. He's super fast, a lot of skill. But this is not a guy you know come going to come up here and score you know 50 goals. But he, he should help.
2: Well, that's the thing. It's it's when you get a uh, you know a player like this, and when they do get the call, up it's all about tempering expectations. And you know if he does get you know happen to play in his first NHL game in that Minnesota game and it gets a hat trick. More power to him. Yeah, but, no, I'm not. Uh, I would not say you no. Know, to that. Even if he doesn't find the back of the net in his first game, I think you know, Coach Bugner and, and the other coaches, they're just going to want to see how he complements that bottom six. He and you know he you know he brings speed. Um, to To the game, that's his game. It's it's speed, and so I wouldn't be surprised if, if you might even see him out there on on a penalty kill, you know? which he's done a ton in speed. Yeah. But leads the team with so too short goals. You know he's no stranger to playing all t- different types of situations. So um, if he you know it does happen to play, he's, he's a quick guy. He uses his speed to his advantage. He can burn you know the opposing team with you know using his quick footwork, um, and and he's no stranger to putting up points. You know he he was a you know an, an all star down in you know in the AHL. So you know offense he he does bring to his game Um, but again you know it's it's all about bolstering that bottom six at this point and I do think that you know Early on in the season we said that depth
1: might be a strength for this for this panthers
2: team right now it it, it hasn't really
1: shown and on, up on paper it still is it's, it's, right these guys that we've obviously have high expectations for and these guys that you know in the past have produced just need to kind of you know catch fire here and start producing again but i think it's now it's
2: kind of getting to the point where if, if there are guys in the lineup who, who aren't getting the job done there are now some players in the minors as we've are seeing currently right now with the call up for Greco, if, if guys aren't getting it done on this big club, you know, they're going to be sitting in the press box and there's a guy there who's going to take your spot and, and try to run with it. So um, I'm, I'm very excited to see what he can bring to the team. If he does get, uh, you know, get, uh, you know, suited up for his first NHL game against Minnesota, but you know, it's, it's no easy test. There are no easy games. Minnesota has been playing a lot of good hockey as of late. So even if he does get thrown in there, um, you know, it, it's, it's not a guarantee, you know, that he's going to light it up or, or he really, you know, stand out. But, uh, you know, it, it's, he's just one of those guys where at this point it's, it's, let's just call somebody up and and see, you know, see what sticks. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, you know, trying to bolster again that that bottom six unit. You really want to get the depth going for this team.
1: And like you said, Greco's having a great year. He got his call up. Chase Howard looks down there, leaving the team in scoring in, in Springfield. He's having a great year. You got to think he's also breathing down the, the necks of some of these guys in the bottom six. So, like you said, that should push other guys. But uh, like I said before, Anthony Greco, friend of the program, he's been on before. Uh, you know, it was one, actually one of our most listened to podcasts ever at the time. So we know he can put up the podcast numbers. Let's see if he can put up the the numbers in the NHL. But uh, he spent his entire summer in Delray Beach for the most part, training here at the Panthers Ice Stand, getting. Know a lot of the guys, um, and like I said, he sat down with Doug and I for a good 15 minutes. But here's just a couple kind of highlight clips from that interview to kind of give you an idea of you know what Greco expects out of this call up
3: coming off uh, a, a nice season in Springfield. 29 goals last year among the uh, top totals in the American Hockey League. Uh, you know, shooting the a ton. I mean, what's what worked for you last season? I think it, it was just sort of trying to build on the first year. I mean, it, it was the first year I think I went in there and and just wanted to be, you know, a part of the team and, and stay on the team and was trying to do everything I possibly could and and stand out in, in that regard because, you know, it, it is pro hockey. There's things that other the things that go into it so for me my first year I just wanted to go in there and um and make you know show myself but you know the the main goal was to stay on the team for the full year and and kind of my game kind of I think took off a little bit towards the end of that first year but so my second year was just to prove that what I can do offensively and you know the other parts of my game so I I think for me and I I play with really good guys and throughout the year and had a good chemistry with a a couple of different guys throughout the year and and coach Kinnear gave me gave me a, a big opportunity to be a big part of that big part of the team and and big part of uh chipping in offensively so it kind of for me it's all confidence it's just building confidence throughout the year and and uh, like you said shooting the puck a lot so
1: most guys uh, m- most pro hockey players they put up huge numbers in, in junior in college and they get humbled once they get to the AHL and those numbers just dip down I mean Dryden Hunt's one guy used to score 100 points you know then he, he had to figure it out in the AHL but for yourself this was actually I mean looking at your hockey DP, DB page going back to the USHL your most points in a season ever yeah. uh, are you a little surprised that you're still kind of that trajectories were there and you're kind of still growing right now at 24 it, it's funny looking at it
3: like because you, you do See a lot of guys that sign, and a lot of guys that that come in, and you know they have a, a big reputation of you know putting up a lot of points. And for me, it, it's like you said, it's still moving upward and and trying to come in every year and, and be better and better. But uh, I I just think over the last two years since I turned pro, there's been differences in my mentality as a player, and I think that's helped me out a lot. And you know getting uh, into a situation like I said with with coach Kinnear he's really given me an opportunity to, to kind of be myself and I I had to earn it when I when I got there but I think uh, once I, I kind of show what I can do it just tried to build from there but it, it is a it is a good league to kind of you know not weed out players but it's it sh- you have to be a player you have to you know uh, really be a, a good player in the league to kind of put up big big numbers and so it's like I said it was for me it was just trying to prove myself every day from the first uh, day I came here in development camp uh, a couple of years ago to you know now going into this training camp for,
1: you talked about the mentality changing frequently especially in the past two years with Springfield when you're a drafted hockey player you kind of you ha- you have the end game in sight you get drafted by a team your goal is now to make it with that team you're, you're in the system you're doing D camps, all that stuff but for yourself as an drafted player what has this kind of past few years been like kind of taking it day by day trying to kind of carve your own path and not really knowing where you're going to be and you know the next year the year after that yeah it is I
3: remember my senior year of college we, we were finishing up and it was sort of a, a scarier time I guess for me it was the the unknown of you know not knowing what 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 was next, and I knew what I could do, and I knew what I was capable of. But it's like I said, it's it's pro hockey, and there's a lot of other things that kind of play into it. So going into that summer after my senior year, um, I got an opportunity to come here and, and go to development camp. So that was sort of the starting point of now. I have to prove, you know, anytime you go to one of these things, or whether it was development camp or training camp, and then getting into the season, preseason, whatever it was, it's. I have to prove myself and I do it consistently every single day in practice and every game. And so I, every, everything I sort of took as like an opportunity to, to prove that. And uh, yeah, it was tough. But looking back now, it, it's like you said, you take it day by day and it kind of flies by, I guess and the speed that you possess it's really one of the first things that people people talk about with your game and I know having seen you at the at the camps and development camp I've seen it firsthand is that an attribute that you always knew you had going back to when you were a kid playing hockey yeah I guess from when I was younger it was always something that was said about me I guess and I was never the biggest or strongest or, but to kind of have the natural skating ability I guess and I worked with a lot of people when I was younger I remember even going on the ice without a stick um a lot of mornings for for years with uh, a Russian hockey coach that I had, and we were just through skating and, and turning and and so it's something I've sort of kind of relied on, and uh, it's the thing that I've used to try and stand out as much as possible and and just build off that and use that.
1: And on that speed, how happy are you excited seeing the direction the NHL is going? And I mean, around the time of your draft year, when you heard five ten and fast, that was a red flag for teams, and now teams here five ten and fast, like, oh, we need as many of these guys as possible. Yeah. It seems like the game's really kind of going to where you want to be yeah yeah you root for the guys like you know March or so and Tyler
3: Johnson and all the the smaller guys that have speed and you, you want them to do well because it kind of turns them heads for for other guys and and so uh, yeah it's it's trending that way and like you said years ago <laughs> it was uh, it was a little shaky and, and scary watching the league and seeing how big some guys were and and who they were taking so yeah anytime a, a smaller guy with uh, some skating ability you, you want to root for them and do as best as possible
1: how much of that skating ability is just you said you worked it out with your coach but just naturally you took to the ice and you were a, a good skater just comes so naturally i i don't know I, I think from what from what i was told as
3: a young kid i kind of hopped on and was was pretty good at it from from the beginning and and, uh, yeah, it's not something I really thought about. I've always just kind of, it's just always kind of been there and, and I've tried to build on it as much as possible and, and get as strong as possible in my lower half and just keep getting faster every summer a great summer. So
1: with the season you're having last year, obviously hockey is one of the sports where injuries happen all the time. Guys get called up frequently for the minors. I mean, Dryden Hunt, Curtis Falk, Chase Ballasio, yeah, a bunch of guys got called up last year. When you see that happening, uh, does that motivate you seeing, so how many guys get getting called up and thinking to yourself, you know, Hey, maybe I'm the next guy. Is that kind of how you use that? Yeah. I mean, it's,
3: it, there's there's so many things that go into that, that those decisions that you can drive yourself a little crazy with it, so it, you just try and play the best that you possibly can uh, each day and 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 kind of prove your worth so to speak and and so you're happy for those guys you're you know Curtis playing his first NHL games Hunty and and Bellsy. and so th- those guys getting to see those guys kind of do what you want to do it's it's more exciting than anything and um but you, you just try and focus on what you can control and what you can do each day to, to try and prove that it, you're uh worthy of, of getting called up and and trying to compete as hard as possible each and every night and let the uh, the other things kind of take care of themselves. And the, you talk about, uh, you know, just uh, going out there and, and taking care of your game. What are the the big goals for you, I guess, going into into training camp and going into the season? I, I think there's, in my mind, there's, there's one goal and that's to make the team and... Um, so it's for me i i have to you know in my own head i have to go out and on the ice and and think that i'm i belong out there and that i'm one of the best players on the ice no matter who's who else is out there and that kind of what drives me through and and gets me to to the level that i need to be at so i think that's the main goal and and we'll see what happens and see how things shake out
1: and uh yeah, just let let those things kind of take care of themselves. And I'm sure an NHL debut, is something you dreamed of your your whole life, like you said, you were always on a hockey team, always traveling. What would it actually mean? Did, when you think about it, when you watch those guys have their debuts, when you think about putting yourself in their shoes, what would it mean for you to make that debut this year? Oh, it would be huge. It would be uh, it would be unbelievable. And
3: like you said earlier, it's the my college years that nothing ever really popped out. So I've it's been uh, a long and kind of hard and a lot of ups and downs type of uh, journey so it's uh, a couple years ago I was kind of afraid where this was all going and uh, what was going to happen but I never kind of lost faith I guess so to speak and kind of uh, always believed that uh, this it would eventually come and so that's what we're hoping for and and uh, like I said we'll just see how it uh, how it all plays out.
1: Like you can tell there, this is a motivated guy. I mean, 25 years old. Uh, he talked about back then. I mean, that episode was called his quest for an NHL call-up. Here it is. He finally got his first call-up. And he's a guy that, I, you know, I think you and I both said we expect him to make the most of his opportunity, you know, whether that's, you know, scoring a goal or just playing big minutes in the PK, just kind of using his speed out there. Never hurts to have speed on the ice. I think he's going to you know, add something to this team. But uh, like we said before, this team, you know, they are scoring goals. It's not the biggest issue right now. When you kind of look at things, you look at them on paper, uh, they should, you know, have a winning record. This is a team that should be close to a playoff spot, given a lot of their numbers. I mean, they're they're you know 11th best possession team in the league at five on five. Uh, like I said, 10th best offense, power play. You know, in the top five. Uh, looking around, you look at their defense though. 27th in the league, 3.5 two goals allowed per game. That's you know right now if they were to finish with that, that would be the second worst mark in franchise history. So, uh, looking at that, the defense. That's not just the defenseman. That's you know the team as a whole. It's breakdowns from the forwards, the defensemen, um, and one of the biggest things I found. high danger shot attempts they're allowing it's uh, per 60 minutes at five on five. That's the second most in the league. They're making it a little bit too easy for teams to get into the low slot, get around the crease, get those shots. You saw that last night with the Blues. So many of those goals are right in the low slot, right in front of Berluongo. And uh, that's the thing about goaltenders. You know, uh, they will occasionally make those big saves and steal those games for you. But, you know, the average high danger save percentage for a goaltender is around, you know, 840, 820 around that area. Right now, Berluongo 753, 753, James Rymer 744. So maybe they could be a little bit better in those chances, but you you can't keep putting them in as many opportunities as the Panthers are right now you got to help them out a bit more you got to make this a bit easier on them and I think that's kind of why it seems like when things are going well so well and then one thing goes wrong that it does kind of snowball because teams just keep coming at you keep coming at you in the low slot and keep putting pucks on net and the Panthers right now just haven't been able to answer in a lot of the situations and it's a it's a script we've seen a couple times this year but uh, we've said it before we, we'll, we'll keep saying it for now there's over 50 games left there's still plenty of time but you know we, we can't say that forever this team needs to take advantage this team needs to go on a run and they're capable I I mean, this is pretty much everyone, for the most part, everyone that was on last year's team that, you know, w- was so good after the All Star break. Pretty much all those guys are still out there. This team has proven they can do it before, but it just seems like that kind of killer instinct they had at the the second half last season, that kind of step on the opponent's neck, take them out of the game, you know, push forward. It just seems like it's not there every night right now where it was before. I mean, you saw that in the Boston game, that 5 0 shutout. That was only a couple games ago. This team dominated. They took control. They never look back, and they go out the next game and, and they lose the next game. I mean, they've shown flashes of that mentality, but it's just not there every game like it was before. But you have to believe they have the, p- the potential, Pete.
2: Yeah, and, and I'm not even gonna, you know, say it's it's a thing where they're playing down to their opponent uh, because uh, you know Boston, high, you know, highly touted team, one of the top teams in the East in the Atlantic Division. You know, you shut them out at home, Tampa, you go up four to one. Um, if that game was last year, the you know the Cats probably take that game four to one or even add a couple more goals. As you said, that killer instinct is really what's been lacking on this team. Uh, you know, and and I think um, you know Denny Podvan alluded to it on the on the broadcast last night. Um, you know, he said, you know, some of the the hot players for this team right now, the Barkovs, the Huberdos. You know, when a player is hot, sometimes they try to do too much, thinking they're invincible and they can just get away with anything they want.
1: But, 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 but Barkov is invincible, though.
2: OK, let's
1: let's <laughs> let's not say otherwise. Right. He's
2: okay. invincible. I'll give you that one. But, you know, when, when a player is going through a hot stretch, you know, they tend to do things thinking that they can get away with it. And, and nine times out of ten, they they can't. Um So I think right now it's just also just getting back to simplifying their game. Uh, You know, I, I noticed last night on the power play, especially um, just trying to be too fancy with things. Just, you know, that this power play works best when it's simple because there's guys who can shoot uh, and there's guys who can pass you know it, it, Hoffman Yandel you know Barkov when he, when he when he when he shoots the puck on the power play it's these are lethal weapons that the cats have with the man advantage so um, I think just trying to simplify the game a little bit uh, you, know, it, it, you know in terms of the offensive things it, you know it's probably going to do wonders for them but you know it, the consistency the killer instinct that's really the main thing that needs to be hammered home with this team right now um, because they you know it, again the the defense is is you know, as you said, not gonna not not like gonna defend, you know, get a shutout every night. But they're, they're, and, they're and you don't need to have the best defense in the you league. You don't either. because you know this is not a team where hey we can let in six or seven because we could score eight. But, you know, this is a team where you have Roberto Luongo, James Reimer. These are guys who can stop the puck. And your defense, all you need to do is just let the goalies do their job. And then if if you do that, and the offense does their job, you go home with two points at the end of the day. So, um, the killer instinct, you know, that that really is the thing. You know, you hate to keep throwing that word around, but that really is, if you want to pinpoint a difference between the second half of last season and so far the start of this season, it's really you know, when the Cats have a lead, it seems that they sit back a little bit and they're they're content to, to just play with the lead and and that allows teams to come back in games. And, and we saw it during the homestand uh, just last week. And uh, that's what's plagued them so far for the beginning of
1: the season. And the thing is, we're not we're not you know, this is not just us. I mean, this is stuff that's being said uh, after games by players, by coaches. I mean, Bob Booners uh, for the past couple of weeks has talked about the lack of depth scoring. He's talked about the lack of closing out games. These are all known issues that the team is aware of. It's just, you know, now it's about addressing them. And uh, like we said, going forward, this two game trip is going to wrap up real quick on Thursday in Minnesota. And then they come right back here on Saturday to face off against the Toronto Maple Leafs. First time they've seen them this season. Toronto, obviously, one of the top teams in the East. That should be an incredibly exciting game here at home before the team hits the road again. But Pete... Getting back to some some really kind of fun things. Uh, this like this Saturday will be a Legacy Saturday. Brian McCabe being celebrated, Panthers director of player personnel, former Panthers captain, longtime Leaf as well. So I'm sure both sides of the aisle to, and the bb Center will be giving him a lot of love. But we haven't really talked uh, a ton about these Legacy Saturdays so far uh, throughout the podcast this season. Now we're you know getting there. We're at 30 games into the season. There's gonna be a lot more coming. FloridaPanthers.com has all the information there for the Legacy Saturdays. We've had you know uh, Thomas Focun We've had Ed Jovanovski come back. We had a very special night for. Uh, uh, in remembrance of Mr. Tory. But um, just kind of going back recently with uh, last Saturday with uh, Bill Lindsey, Ray Shepard, uh, a two for one deal. I just thought that was great because there's two such big pieces of that 96 final team. And just to hear how excited they were just to kind of be back and be honored was really great. I'm just going to play you a clip real quick right here of Bill Lindsay's conversation uh, that we talked about during the first intermission. Well, Billy, like I you said, you've been around here a long time yeah. since your playing days. But what did tonight mean, particularly just to get back out on center ice and be celebrated? It
0: was special to be recognized 25 years, a long time. If you would have told me I would be around 25 years after that, after that initial training camp, probably would have told you you're crazy. But if you go to tonight uh, to be recognized, it really goes back to my teammates, my coaches, uh, the fans, everyone that embraced me in this community. That's what made me fall in love with it down here. We had that run in 1996, and this has been my home ever since. So tonight for me to get recognized is but it's through the work of all the coaches and teammates and fans that embraced me. So I got the recognition tonight, but I would be remiss if I didn't thank everyone that, that made this moment tonight for myself possible and it
1: was it was awesome. Are you talk about your teammates and I just shared tonight with Chef as well.
0: Yeah, great guy and I 96 when Chef came on board from San Jose. If we don't have him, we don't make the Stanley Cup Finals. We did not have a natural goal scorer. He was a guy that could put the puck in the net, really helped our power play and had one of the best sets of hands that you ever saw in the NHL. So he comes on, adds that boost to our power play. We get a guy that can score goals, draw more attention to go along with the work ethic. He was Brian Murray. That's one of the best deals that we've made down here in South Florida, being bringing Ray Shepard to that team. He was, he was a huge part of it. We had to work hard to score goals, it's really hard. Ray Shepard is one guy. It took me 10 or 12 chances to get one goal. Ray Shepard needed three chances for two goals. That was the difference. So we had a bunch of guys like myself that needed a plethora of chances to score, all of a sudden Ray comes on board, you get him the puck in the right spot, and all of a sudden it's in the back of the net, and he had that special innate ability that not many people have to score goals. You talked
1: about needing one goal, you have one of the biggest goals (laughs) in this history, you hear it all the time from being down here, but just looking back, how nice is it to have fans still come up to you and talk about that moment?
0: It's special, it was, playing hockey in the NHL was a dream, and to have a moment like that is something that I will cherish for my lifetime and I was happy on that playoff run. Looking back on your career, you wanted one thing out of a career once you get established in the NHL and that's to win a Stanley Cup. Unfortunately, I did not, uh, but that's the closest I came and those are my most vivid memories and something that still I dream about today and that moment uh, was, was the best moment of my hockey life.
1: So it's always, you know, just hearing from Bill and just hearing the enthusiasm of voice. I mean, this is a guy that's uh, like a lot of guys left briefly and then came right back to South Florida. You know, he he, he lives here. He works for the Panthers. He does great work with uh, with Doug in the radio and also, you know, moonlighting for NHL Network up in New York uh, quite a bit throughout the season. Uh, he's just such a great guy and such, you know, an ambassador, great ambassador for this team and just going to hear, you know, him reminiscing and just going to hear him talking about being back at center ice in, in, in and in a, in a, at a Panthers game, which is great to hear. And then, you know, Ray Shepard said the same thing when I talked to him later it's just so good to be back ray shepherd you know now coaching at north broward prep it seems like so many of these guys both from you know the 90s to now is when anyone comes down here and plays more than a couple seasons in south florida whether they leave for a little bit they always come back and they always come back to this team and to this area and i think it just goes to show you how special this area and this team can be to these players and like we said before once all, all, all you have to do is once you start winning some hockey games this you know whole area should just explode just given the amount of love and passion for hockey that's already here yeah, I mean
2: I think uh it- it,
1: it really is the
2: market down here. I think when when a when a player chooses to come down here or, or gets traded, or, you know things like that. It really is a you know us against the world mentality down here. You know a lot of people say this is a non traditional hockey market. Um, you know the, you know the, this this team. Really, but I don't think it's you, a bad you, you thing.
1: That, that that's a no, word. Absolutely, that's, not. A, that's that's a fair assessment. But it's it, not a bad thing. It's it, non traditional. It,
2: it can definitely bolster you know the the camaraderie of the team to really prove to go out and prove themselves. We saw it you know early on in the Panthers' history, and you even saw it. Last Last year with the Vegas Golden Knights, you know, talking to those guys, they said, you know, not a lot of people are giving us a ton of chance this year. Let's look out and see what we do. And they make the Stanley Cup final. So, um, again, it's, it, and it's just as you said, you know, it's a great area. You know, there's, you know. Good school districts,
1: nice place <laughs> well, you're, you're who we talking Welcome with us to last the Florida tourism board. Who we talking with us last week? I mean, there's no better place to play hockey than South Florida. But um, just kind of g- going around, just like you said, non-traditional. All that means is you can make your own tradition. It just means you're not tied into to other teams' traditions, to areas' traditions, to the past. And that's kind of what the Panthers have been trying to do here, obviously with one territory, you know, with the rat trick, things like that. It, it's been slower because the team hasn't been as successful on the ice throughout the past 25 years, but it's been there. And and one of the ways I think it's most interesting is especially kind of when the Panthers kind of hit that, d- that down spot, you know, from like 2000 to, you know, you know 2010-ish before, you know, Dale Talon came in and they made the playoffs in 2012. There was a time when the Panthers, you know, they weren't that competitive, but they did have some great players come through here. And, you know, one of them, Thomas Focoon, one of the best goaltenders uh, of that area, era, one of the best goaltenders in the league during his time with the Panthers. Um, when he came back, he got such a, a great reception from the Florida Panthers for his Legacy Saturday. I know his shirt, his Legacy Saturday his special shirt. For those of you who don't know, there's a special shirt in Pantherland for each Legacy Saturday. A, a honoree during every game um, and he's pretty much sold out and I think it just goes to show you that when you know even when the team isn't winning on the ice, fans just flock to these players and so many of these players uh, you can still be a fan of a player and they become fan favorites and Voki is one of those guys I know when I used to come to games when I was younger I'd love Vokun I mean screaming Vokun after all the goals and all the saveologies saves of the game I mean uh, I don't remember what you know the Panthers record re- records were during the season but I remember Vokey and I remember those moments and I just think that's so special and obviously going forward um you're still going to have that you're still going to have fan favorites but obviously going forward every season now we want the product on the ice to also be you know over the top to be a playoff team and to kind of build like we said, you're building your own tradition now. The Panthers' tradition for the next 10 years, we believe, should be in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, and, you know, it's 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 a, it's a big market for transplants down here. You know, you, you have a lot of retirees coming down here who might be fans of other teams once they move down here. But, uh, you know, one, once you do move down here, if you're a hockey nut and you start being around this market and the fans and this team, you, you, you want to start rooting for, you know, for this team to succeed. Um, you know, you, you might have those strange people where, if you know, say Chicago is in town, they wear a Blackhawks jersey when, when, when we play the, you know, when the Panthers play the Blackhawks. But the very next night, if they're playing the Bruins, they got a Panthers jersey on so, a,
1: lot, a lot of two jersey families down
2: here. so uh and you know that's not a bad thing it's just you know it's it's people showing their fandom but you know as you said i think you know just creating tradition i think is a great way to put it where now you have a, a lot of young fans for this team uh who, who now are you know going to be, not to put any pressure on anybody, but if they start to have children, they become Panthers fans, and the cycle just starts, because starts to become a family, a family thing, and that's how, that's how ultimately, you know, really strong, deep-rooted bonds with, with, with sports teams are formed, um, but I, I do think with the more success that the Panthers do have, I think will just lead to an explosion of, of, you know, the fandom down here, the, the attention that is put down here, not just by local media, but, you know, national, national, you know, media outlets as well. But it's a good area. You know, Panthers games are a fun time. You know, I I before I, I came down here, all my all my friends used to tell me when they'd come down here for vacation, they would come to Panthers games just it's something to do and they'd always say you know it's a great time so the games have been great this year the legacy saturdays have been absolutely outstanding the fans have been giving great feedback about it and and they love seeing these players come back because it's memories you know for for a different time as you said they love these players uh we have a lot more guys um big name guys coming up for for (laughs) legacy saturdays further down the road um that that are definitely fan favorites and 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 you know proved that they were great hockey players here a lot of guys on the franchise record list for the rest of these Legacy Saturdays. So, um, you know, it's a great initiative. 25 years, you know, 25th anniversary. It's a great thing. And, and, you know. I like 40 year Legacy Saturday down the road. (laughs) The Rossi legacy happen. I mean, number's gonna be in the rafters.
1: But, but, but like you said, I mean, I, I used to drive three hours uh, dead, uh, south from Vero Beach to come see games growing up. Uh, You're I fr- dedicated. I, have, I, I, I mean, it, w- it wasn't all the time, but it, it was still worth it. Cause like you said, it's so unique down here in South Florida to be able to drive through our south, see a professional hockey team. And I know I have friends that still live in Vero that come down. I know, I know they're not coming to see me. They're coming to see the Panthers. <laughs> I'm not worth the drive. But um, it feels like we got a little off topic here later in the show. Just trying to like get really big picture, talking about the market. But the reason we do that is just to go to, to show you, you know, we, we hear all the passion the fans have, especially, you know, when things aren't going right. We hear all the frustration frustrations. And I, I think that's good. I think it's good to have that passion, that frustration, because like you said, this is just a market that's ready to blow. This market's just so ready for success. They've been waiting so long. And once it does come, it, it's just going to erupt. And right now, I know all that, you know, negativity, negativity, like I said, all that frustration. I, I just know that's all going to turn into something really, really great once this team does figure it out. And like we said, they're close to figuring out on the ice, but there's just a couple more things they got they got to change a couple adjustments they got to make like I said get that killer instinct back and I think you know if they do that you know there's 50 plus games left to play I think they can really turn this around and make a run here for that second wild card spot because that's the thing no other teams really kind of laid claim to it yet it's still there for the taking Panthers right there in the mix of things they just got to turn this around you know sooner rather than later but Pete any, any closing statements I, I know we've uh, talked about you know pretty much everything here today but anything else you want to get in there for the fans
2: um just be patient i know it's 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 a word that has been out there for a very long time amongst this fan base but just just be
1: I will. I will say because, like you said, uh, that that word's been out there for a long time. But uh, you know, going back, you know, you know, eight, ten years from now, back when people they were, you were told to be patient, you were told to be patient while you know, given be, being slid over an IOU, a blank IOU with nothing on it. You didn't know what you were being patient for. You didn't know what you were waiting for. Right now, I mean, like you said, Pete, you're telling people to be patient because. You see what's on the ice. There's so much already to see in front of you. You see the potential, and it, it's all already there. The souffle is in the oven. It just hasn't <laughs> risen
2: yet. You just got to wait. Just got to wait a little more. And then when it comes out, don't make too much noise because you don't want it to collapse. But um,
1: I feel like when Doug, Doug's not here, we just do a lot of food analogies. <laughs> I mean, I'm Italian, so <laughs> it comes with the territory. Yeah. So.
2: Um, but uh, yes, just again, it's it's there's there's you know excitement. Exciting times are coming, um, you know, and I think this team has the talent. They have the coaching staff and the wherewithal to turn this thing around. Well, there is time left, as you said. Really, nobody has run away with uh, those wild card spots yet. Really, it's been a strange season for for you know not only the Panthers but. Um, for for pretty much a lot of teams across the board this year in the NHL, so um, just you know continue to be patient, continue to interact with us on on social media, continue coming to games because it's a fun environment. DMs
1: are open twenty four
2: seven. Send them in. Slide into Jameson's, not mine, but um, <laughs> other than that, just again, just continue to support this team. You know the fans are ultimately what makes this whole thing go around. Um, and and once the success does come, it's it's going to be quite an exciting time to be a hockey fan in South Florida.
1: And like we said, the Panthers, one more game on the road here Thursday in Minnesota, then coming right back home Saturday night, BB&T Center, Toronto Maple Leafs coming to town. First time this season. That should be exciting. 954835 Puck for tickets or flutterpanthers.com backslash tickets. Everything you need to know about coming to the game, it's all right there. It's the last home game before the big holiday road trip that kind of leads into Christmas. Uh, I know I'll be there. Pete will be there. Uh, like we said, uh, like Pete said, keep interacting with us on Twitter. Keep letting us know your feelings. We'd love to hear it. we love to talk to you guys. You can find me on Twitter at Jamison Coop. He, where can we find you?
2: Uh, last check, it was at Pete Rossi21.
1: And he's not here today, but I know he loves it as well. You can find Doug Plagins at Doug Plagins. He'll be back this weekend, and he'll also be back on next week's episode. Can't wait to have him back in studio here at the Simbin in the BBT Center where we record so many of these episodes. So, once again, for Territory Talk, I'm Jameson Olive. He's Pete Rossi. We'll catch you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.